The message that the Lord has laid on my heart this morning is taken from the chapter that was read earlier on, uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, and verses 11 to 17. Uh, we already uh, saw a few weeks ago how Jesus Christ uh, did not uh, isolate himself uh, from uh, people around him uh, that were needy and in uh, the eyes of uh, Jewish religious society were ceremonially unclean. Uh, we saw uh, how uh, Jesus uh, in his early ministry uh, healed a leper and in doing that he had to touch him. Uh, even though uh, lepers uh, were completely uh, isolated uh, from Jewish society. And that was a wonderful illustration of uh, the gospel, the good news uh, of Jesus Christ. Now, uh, this morning, uh, we are going to look at Jesus touching another person that was ceremonially unclean a dead person, and even the coffin uh, that bore that dead person uh, in the law of Moses was counted unclean. And uh, Jesus, again in his uh, Galilean ministry, uh, was traveling uh, south, southeast uh, from Nazareth, Capernaum, towards a little village called Nain, or Nain, if you're Welsh. And uh, as he and his disciples and the crowd uh, were uh, coming towards that village, another crowd was coming out of the village and it was a funeral procession and a son uh, had died and his mother, who was a widow, was taking him uh, to uh, be buried. Uh, the Jews uh, had to... Uh, uh, bury a dead body on the same day as the person died. And uh, what uh, is amazing here is that Jesus Christ actually touched uh, the coffin uh, of this uh, person. And that, that was something uh, that uh, was forbidden in the law of Moses. Jesus Christ didn't isolate himself. Uh, that's is such good news for you and for me. So let's start by looking at uh, the scene here. And uh, it's, it's very, very uh, uh, sad uh, to state the obvious, uh, but uh, look at uh, this uh, chapter. Before encountering uh, this funeral procession, uh, Jesus Christ had healed uh, the servants of a Roman centurion who was very sick. Uh, so this isn't a happy chapter. Uh, and later on in uh, Luke chapter 7, uh, we have uh, a woman uh, coming to Jesus, and she wasn't a virtuous woman. She was a serial adulterer. And th this is just uh, in microcosm uh, what life in this world is really like. Uh, you know, this, this world isn't uh, like a Walt Disney film. Uh, it isn't something uh, picture perfect. It, it's actually 
uh, a very uh, uh, rough, uh, sad, and uh, tragic world. Uh, one person uh, described uh, this life as a veil of tears. And so what we have here in this uh, scene uh, outside uh, the village of Nain is actually uh, a picture of the life uh, that you and I are living. I don't have to remind you uh, of uh, the uh, amounts of uh, death that we have witnessed uh, in recent months and uh, how in this country uh, and in countries like the United States we have seen some of the highest uh, recorded deaths uh, from coronavirus. It's tragic. And then, uh, to add to that, uh, the uh, violence that we have seen uh, in recent weeks. And whatever side you are on, uh, it's still uh, so, so terrible, isn't it? Uh, the contradictions and the cruelty uh, of life in this world. And even if we haven't been affected by death, uh, or if we're not uh, touched by the protests, uh, what about uh, the way that our little lives have been affected? Uh, not being able uh, to meet friends, not being able uh, to see family uh, for, for months, and maybe uh, living alone uh, in lockdown, uh, or maybe having to look after uh, young children, uh, or maybe uh, full of anxiety about uh, your work and the future. Uh, oh, how sad uh, is life uh, in this world? And when we look at uh, the woman here, uh, we are reminded of uh, the poignancy uh, of her position. Uh, she, she was a widow uh, in uh, Jewish society. That, that was uh, something uh, quite uh, shameful in a way. Uh, and uh, she now had lost her only son. She was grieving again as she was walking the procession to the burial ground. How long ago was it since she had last uh, walked uh, that path uh, to bury her husband? And now her only son uh, was going uh, to be put in the ground. Uh, to lose your children is uh, something uh, that uh, many of us can't comprehend. The, the uh, tragedy uh, of that. But in her society, uh, the son was the breadwinner for this widow. They didn't have any social security as we do. And uh, she now had lost uh, the only means of support. And another stigma for her uh, was that her uh, lineage was no more. There was no male to carry on the family name into the future. Uh, all of these things put together meant that she was now an outsider. She was now a person who really, uh, her life was over. 
and she was probably looking forward uh, to the prospect of dying herself one day. Now, I don't know how your situation is, and I don't want to uh, depress us too much, but I'm not being doom and gloom. I'm simply stating the obvious when I'm saying that this world is indeed a veil of tears. It wasn't just this funeral procession that was coming out of nine that uh, was uh, a procession uh, of death. But uh, when we're born into this world, we are already part of a procession, the procession of life, uh, this uh, walk of life uh, uh, is actually a procession of death. Uh, as soon as a newborn baby is born, the clock is already ticking and that baby is one day going to die. Uh, we don't know, do we, when our uh, death will come. We all have an appointment uh, with a death and it could come soon, it could come a long way off, but it's something that should sober us up. I'm not here to entertain you this morning. I don't see Christianity as uh, pulling down the blinds and forgetting about that sad, mad world outside. I see Christianity as something that can give me hope in this life and especially hope in death and what comes after it. And I don't know of anybody who has uh, dealt with death, apart from one person who will come to in a moment. Uh, when I was uh, a boy in the 1980s, um, I remember watching on the news about Michael Jackson. And uh, he was uh, quite young then. Uh, and he wanted uh, to prolong his life. And so there were reports in the news uh, that he went to sleep in some special uh, chamber, uh, an oxygen chamber, uh, that would prolong his life. How sad. Uh, Michael Jackson didn't make it beyond 50. And many of you listening, you may be the other side of 50. Um, I don't know why they call uh, 50 middle age. How many people do you know who are 100? Uh, you know, we're uh, kidding ourselves. Uh, we, we use all sorts of terms, uh, like 70 is the new 40, to try and fool ourselves that we are in this uh, life forever. We're not, you know. Uh, no, most of us have already got uh, our life, the majority of it, behind us. And uh, we are one day uh, going to die. Are you ready? You can't stop this train. Have you got a hope that will last this little fever of a life and take you into eternity? Man is appointed once to die. And after that, the judgments.
That's why there's death in the world, you see. Uh, the fact that a dead body was ceremonially unclean was indicative of the fact that God was teaching his people that death wasn't natural. It's not. Uh, God created this world perfect. He said it was all very good. And when he made our first parents, Adam and Eve, he put them in paradise and there was no death in paradise. Why? Because there was no sin in paradise. And that's uh, not just something that Stalin said of the Soviet states, and that was untrue. Uh, but actually, in the Garden of Eden, there was no sin until our first parents disobeyed God. And what happened then? God said, when you disobey me, dying, you shall surely die. The wages of sin is death. When we turned our backs on God, we were separated from him spiritually. That's what death means, separation. And as a result of that, physical death came about. Our bodies are going to be separated from our souls. We all have a soul, a spirit part. And even though the body goes to the ground and is food for worms, the soul at the point of death is going to go on into eternity. And the most important issue facing all of us is where are we going to spend eternity? Are we going to be in eternal hell or eternal heaven? That's why, my friends, life is real. Life is earnest. And the grave is not our goal. So this is the first uh, thing we're looking at. And this is why this is so relevant to our situation. There was death in Jesus' day. And no one has still, and they will never be able to deal with the power of death. In the midst of life, we are in death. And one day, we, even you, will die. Are you ready? We make plans, don't we? Uh, we, we make retirement plans. Uh, we make plans, funeral plans. We make plans for those that we will leave behind. That's very good. But have you got a plan that will ensure that your soul will be safe for eternity? We're in this procession, this procession of death, and we don't know how long we've got left to walk before we come to die. Uh, some of you may be way back in the procession. Others may be near the fronts. Oh, I just want us to wise up. Uh, Christianity uh, isn't uh, intellectual suicide. It's actually enlightenment, realizing that we need a hope, a living hope. Now, that's what Jesus Christ offers us. So let's look, secondly, at uh, Jesus uh, Christ here. Uh, there's a procession of death, as I mentioned, coming in one direction and leading to one place, the grave. But there's another procession in uh, this uh, chapter. Let's uh, hear the word of God. Uh, this is what we are told. Uh, he went into a city 
called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd. So there are many people in this procession. And when he came near the gates of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a large crowd from the city was with her. So the procession of death, led by the widow, is a large crowd. But there's another procession, and it's the procession of life, and it's led by Jesus Christ. Uh, let me just uh, read one quotation. Uh, one procession was led uh, by a son, an only son, and even though he was alive, he was destined to die. The other procession uh, had a dead only son, and he was destined to live. He was going to be made alive. And leading the procession of death is a sufferer, a grieving widow. Leading the procession of life is another sufferer, the man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Maybe some of you have an austere, harsh view of Jesus Christ. In Roman Catholicism, uh, people are taught that they can't come to Jesus Christ as they are. They need Mary as mediator. Well, the children sang beautifully that we can come to Jesus Christ as we are. There's a tender heart in Jesus Christ toward needy sinners like you and me. You see, this man, yes, he's a man. Uh, he is so compassionate. Look at what he did uh, to uh, this poor widow. When the Lord saw her, verse 13, he had compassion on her. Oh, sometimes people are put off uh, Christianity, uh, maybe especially Reformed Evangelical Christianity, because we can come across as so hard, so hard. My friends, that's not what our founder is like. That's not what God's people are like when he visits them. Oh, there is compassion there, compassion. It was compassion that caused Jesus Christ to come to Nain. Uh, Jesus Christ chose to come to this widow. She didn't ask for him to uh, visit her. He took the initiative. Oh, what a wonderful saviour. Uh, we had um, a preacher in Wales, I quoted from him a few weeks ago, called John Elias at the start of the 19th century. And he didn't just preach, he composed hymns. And he described Jesus Christ coming into this world to save you and I from our sins. And he said, and was it for my sin that Jesus suffered? So when moved by his all-powerful love, he came to earth below. Why did Jesus leave the glory of heaven, the uh, bliss of the courts of his father, and come down to this veil of tears, to this uh, tragic, ugly, sin-sick world? Well, it was 
compassion that moved him in the Welsh. I think it puts an even stronger term there. I am the Meiaid, Iodevod, Yesimaud, Pandaithan Grim. When he came in the force, the power of his love, Oentrich Nev I Laur. Jesus has compassion. Oh, you don't have to be afraid of Jesus Christ this morning. Whatever you state, you may say, I'm in a mess. I've committed all sorts of sins. I've neglected him. Oh, fear not. He is a compassionate saviour. And may we be a more and more compassionate church. And yet, sure, many of the people in the procession, uh, both processions, they thought Jesus Christ can be compassionate. He can sympathize. A little later on, he even wept at the grave of his friend Lazarus. That's the kind of man he was. He wept. The people probably thought he can't do any more. It's all over. Yes, he can heal when a person is sick, even terminally ill. But he can't do anything now. No one can. Death is the last word. Death is the end. But they were in for a surprise. Because Jesus Christ is the only person who can deal with death. Uh, there is this procession of death. Think of it as a force, right? And then there is this procession led by Jesus Christ, the procession of life. The procession of death is really led by the devil. Death is called the last enemy. And if you look at the people that this enemy has conquered, you will realize what hope is there for any of us. But this procession of life is not just led by a man. Yes, a perfect man, the man of love, the friend of sinners. But it's also led by one who is the God man. 100% divine, 100% human, one person. The force of Jesus Christ is greater than the force of the devil and the last enemy. Who can resist the devil? None of us can. Bow on God. And if God, the Holy One, should come into this world and become one of us, he's already a mediator between a holy God and sinful humanity. And this is what happens when the force of death meets the force of Jesus Christ. Death has no hope. Uh, I used to teach geography many years ago, and I taught Brazil in geography. And the most powerful river in the world, not the longest river, but the most powerful river, is the Amazon, which starts up in the Andes and then it uh, flows through uh, the Amazon rainforest and it goes out 
into the Atlantic Ocean. But even the power of the Amazon, which is great, is no match for the Atlantic Ocean. And you can see uh, uh, photos, aerial photos, of uh, the silt that the Amundsen carries for a hundred or so miles. The Atlantic Ocean is discolored by that silt, but then it's no match for an ocean. And death is so powerful, but it's no match for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ touched the unclean coffin. That's how he dealt with death, simply coming into this world the God-man, even having compassion, uh, is not enough. He had to touch death, as it were, and he had to touch what was unclean. And this act outside the gates of Nain is simply prefiguring what he did uh, at uh, Mount Calvary. On the cross, our sins were laid on him. He was made unclean, as it were. He didn't become sinful, but God looked at him. Uh, the holy God looked at his own son as if he had committed every sin. And in dying for your sin and mine, he then dealt with the power of death. Uh, wonderful. Uh, I, I can't get enough of... Uh, uh, bringing the cross. Uh, th this is what the gospel is all about. Jesus Christ, yes, but him crucified because it was that exchange on the cross that gave you and me uh, the hope that we stand in need of and is now a hope being offered to us. Uh, there's a hymn and it puts it so well. He took my sins, not people's sins, my sins, and my sorrows, and he made them his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone. Has your sin been laid on him? That, that's how you can have the same hope. I lay my sins on Jesus, the spotless Lamb of God. Uh, I've taken more funerals in the last few weeks uh, than ever. And uh, people may think, you know, uh, how discouraging the work of a pastor can be, uh, especially if he has to take a funeral. Uh, but Solomon says in Proverbs that the house of mourning, it is better to go to it than the house of feasting. Uh, so in many ways, a Christian funeral is the most glorious of things. And however hard uh, being a Christian and being a Christian minister is these days, I don't know of any other job that enables you to stand at an open gravesite. I'm reading from uh, my little funeral service book. Uh, if you look at the paper, it's splattered because I've had so many rainy funerals. I know of no other job where you can stand before the last enemy that we all have to meet and say, death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is thy sting? O oh, grave, where is thy victory? 
Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ because he dealt with our sin upon the cross and the death of death in the death of Christ. That's why the grave couldn't hold him and he rose after three days and is alive now. The procession of life. Lo, Jesus meets us. Risen from the tomb, lovingly he greets us, scatters fear and gloom. I've just got one more thing uh, to say, and this is the word that Jesus speaks. The word that Jesus speaks. What does he say? Young man. I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak. It's not enough that Jesus is leading the procession of life and that Jesus one day is going to die on that cross. It's not enough. Jesus has to raise this dead man to life. And all he has to do is say the word. This was revolutionary. Uh, in the Old Testament, uh, we do have a case of a person, a dead boy, being raised to life. And uh, uh, Elijah. And Elijah, uh, with another widow's son, he couldn't just say the word. He had to pray to God. He had to plead with God to bring life out of death. But Jesus Christ doesn't have to because he is the resurrection and the life. All he has to do is say the word and it is done. And that's how this hope can come to you and to me uh, this morning. Uh, you know, uh, one of the greatest statements that Jesus made was uh, to a grieving sister, uh, and she had lost her brother Lazarus, and Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. It's in me the hope is. Uh, he that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live, and whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this, he said to her. Do you believe this? My friend, that's how you have this hope. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Because it's not just physical, but spiritual death, which we are experiencing. All of us are dead in trespasses and sins. And if we are to be made alive spiritually, and if we are to have this living hope uh, that will sustain us in life and that will take us across the river of death into eternity, then we must hear the voice of the Son of Man and live. But you may say to me, Pastor, if I'm dead, how can I respond? Listen, if I was to say, rise up, you know, I, I'd be foolish. There's no power in my word. But if the Prince of Life says, get up, there is power in the command. 
have you heard the voice of Jesus? Not audibly, but has he spoken to you by his spirits? Maybe he's making you uncomfortable, that conviction of sin. Maybe he's making you feel that you are a sinner, not ready to die. It's not great uh, remorse that you need. All the fitness he requireth is to feel your need of him. And you're just saying, oh, save me, Lord. You're already looking to him. You're already beginning to believe in him. Oh, cast yourself on Jesus Christ. There is power in the word. Rise up, dead man, dead woman, dead boy, dead girl, and believe and fear not your sins, however, however great, are all forgiven because I took them. I washed them in my precious blood. Hallelujah. What a saviour. Whoever you are this morning, you can come to him just as you are. What a happy, happy day was this for uh, this woman. She started that day mourning for the loss of her son. But now she is rejoicing because he's alive. He that was dead has been made alive and they are now reunited and I'm sure she was all thrilled at the Saviour and adored him. Oh, my friend, if you are believing in Jesus Christ, you are no longer in the procession of death. You are now in this procession of life. He has translated us out of darkness, out of uh, the broad road that leads to destruction and has put us in the kingdom of his dear son. And we are marching into glory. I must wind to a conclusion, but I want to end on a positive. You see, uh, the Bible often starts with the reality of this life, with the depths of sin, but it ends on the mountaintop of God's blessing. And that's where I want us to finish. Oh, the procession of life. If you're still in the procession of death, this is what will happen. Uh, this is what your life is. Uh, it's from life unto death, even eternal death. My friend, once you are in Jesus Christ, once you've been transported into that other procession, it's reversed. It's from death unto life. That's what Peter said. Oh, yes, we are alive spiritually now, but we're still in this body. We're still going to get old. We're still going to get ill. We're still going to have problems. We're still going to grieve. We're still going to walk through this veil of tears. And one day we will have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But we are going to a heavenly Canaan. We are alive. And one day we will be more alive than ever. We will be in a place where there is no more sin, no more tears, no more partings. And we will have a new body, a body that will never grow old, will never grow sick and will never die. What a hope. What a hope. From death unto 
life. Are you in that procession? Are you proud of that fact? Uh, we, I'm sure we've all been watching these uh, protests that have been occurring. You know, God is portrayed in Ezekiel as a protester. And God is speaking through his prophets. And he is pleading with his people. Why will you die? O house of Israel, turn, turn from your evil ways. I want to ask the same to you. Why will you die? I don't understand Christianity. I don't know enough to commit myself to Jesus Christ. All right, but why will you die? Better trust him with your ignorance than die eternally i need to be convinced about certain things i need to be convinced about the being of god i need to be convinced about creation i need to have these sorted out all right but why will you die in the meantime better to come to jesus with your doubts and trust him and then be enlightened by him why why will you die And then, finally, uh, this is what Spurgeon said. Uh, I read a quote from him last Sunday. Uh, I'll read a quote from him this Sunday. What happened here was a rehearsal upon a small scale of that which will happen by and by when those who are in their graves shall hear the voice of the Son of God and live. Then the last enemy shall be destroyed. Only let death come into contact with him who is our life, and it is compelled to relax its hold. Whatever may be the spoil which it has captured, soon shall our Lord come in his glory, and then before the gates of the new Jerusalem we shall see the miracle at the gates of name multiplied a million billion times what a day that will be uh i don't know where i will be buried but thornhill cemetery is beautiful it's got the hills in the background imagine the last day people hearing the voice of the son of god and being raised from their graves to meet the lord what a happy occasion that will be for those who are in Christ. What a happy occasion it will be because of reunions. But more than that, oh, how happy we will be to see his face, who was spat upon, who had a crown of thorns put on his head, in order that we might live. Oh, praise be to his name. Thine be the glory, risen conquering son, endless is the victory thou or death hast won. Amen. We're now going to uh, sing a hymn which uh, puts uh, that happy experience of trusting in Jesus Christ into some memorable words. What a wonderful 
change. What a wonderful change. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives, he lives within my heart. Oh, Father, we just praise thee for a risen, a living Saviour who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And even though we walk through the valley, of tears and one day through the valley of the shadow of death we will fear no evil for he is with us 
And now may that grace of Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forever. Amen.